What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Muck and Meyer podcast, the first episode of the podcast in the 2021-2022 school year as we get ready for high school football. And I am joined by Brandon Fury. Brandon, you are, uh, I've kind of like stolen this from you a little bit here, it seems, because this is typically uh, your forum to get everything out. But I, I, uh, I was thinking about this this morning after, you know, while I was running, uh, and I was like, oh, how do, how do I want to ask Brandon to do this? And I was like, you know what? If I was going to ask him to do it, like as he was a member of the Meyer, that would really like, that would really be crappy because it would ask you to like remove some level of enthusiasm that you have about <laughs> the team that you're playing on uh, and certainly the captain of. Uh, so I'm excited to have you here as uh, a member of the football team. And, and uh, this is the first time that uh, we have like, almost like an embedded reporter. So I know you're gonna to have to hold some things back not to tip all the, the industry secrets, but, uh, but yeah. welcome. Thank you. Uh, it's been too long since we did one of these. Glad yeah, to be man, back. No doubt. I I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for all of this stuff and just to talk to you. Yeah. Um, so first off, I want to start with, uh, your own individual congratulations. First off headed to, uh, out to, uh, up to, up to Marist, uh, on scholarship play up in Poughkeepsie. Got to be pretty pumped about that. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's, it's non-scholarship. Um, the whole, the whole, uh, conference pioneer football league is non-conference. Every other sport at Marist is scholarship. I'm non-scholarship, but thank you. I still appreciate it. Um, Listen, you're a scholarship athlete to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for that, but got to focus on, um, uh, my last year here at Montgomery and, uh, and doing the best I can to, help bring my team a state championship always so politically correct take us through the <laughs> through the why marist is basically what i'm asking how'd you make the decision um well marist um my dad went there so that was kind of how i got introduced to them um just knowing the school and then i started talking to their coach separate from my dad um probably my sophomore year um closer to my junior year um, and then we just continued to talk all throughout my junior season, um, the winter, and then eventually springtime, we're talking about me coming up to campus. Uh, so I went up in July, um, and then a week later, they made me an offer, um, and just felt like home there. So um, I decided that's, that's where I would commit to, and um, I'm really excited. They have a great program, um, and awesome campus. Very, very nice. Um, and it's, it's a great school too. So nothing but excited to go there for the next four years. That's awesome, man. Uh, and we're pumped for you. So, uh, I joke that when we broadcast football or, or most of the time, even when you watch college or the NFL on, on television, that offensive linemen don't get a lot of play except for when they're getting beat. <laughs> so if you're getting your name called out on television or on radio or wherever, when you're a lineman, it's usually a bad thing. The only times that you really want to be talked about when you're a lineman, in my opinion, is before the season starts and when the season ends is preseason accolades and postseason awards. And your name has been thrown around uh, among the most elite players in the state at your position uh, I feel like every time I'm opening up a, you know, a top 10 lineman list, uh, no matter which publication seems to produce it, your name uh, is at or near the top of it. Um, and that's got to be a pretty cool thing, I would think, right? 
Oh, it's it's so cool. And, and I, I was talking to, to Alex Benitez about it um, the other day. And it's just so weird. I, I've just never been in the spotlight at all. And it's it's kind of cool, but um, I don't know. It's it, it's it, it's weird. I mean, I've always been on, you know, Lucas Capecchi's team or Dylan McFadden's team or Alex Benitez's team. Um, and just to just to kind of get my name out there. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And it's a cool thing for all linemen out there. Just it's not just me. I mean, I got four guys next to me that um, I need them. I need them to, to help me elevate my game as well. The one of the great quotes, and, I, and I'm sure I'm messing it up a, a little bit, um, but I, I have the gist of it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Mark Slareth, the former you know NFL offensive lineman, in my opinion, one of the best media personalities out there, talks about how difficult it is to t- as a man to take another man and move him to a different place against his will. That's he says it's one of the most difficult things to do in sports. Definitely not easy. Yeah. I mean, and that's your job. That's just what you're supposed <laughs> to do on every play. Like as a human, you could see me and you could see you. I haven't really moved many men against their will, you know, in, in my <laughs> lifetime. It's not really a thing. Right. Uh, what is that feeling kind of like when you can just take somebody and be like, Nope, go over here now. When, when, when you're, uh, when you're just doing it all game and you're just dominating somebody, there's, there's really no better feeling. Um, it's, it, it's a special thing, um, but it requires so much work and, and time and, and just skill and technique. Um, and that's why not everybody can do it. Um, the whole line, I think maybe I'm a little biased is, is the most important position on the field. Um, it starts, it starts everything. Um, and without, you know, without the big guys up front doing, doing that, doing the hard work, um, the easy stuff will never come. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I don't really care who's playing quarterback, who's playing running back. If, they, if the offensive line is getting blown up, no one's having success. It's just the way that it works. I'm sorry. So yeah. I completely agree with you there. Um, run blocking or pass blocking your preference. Oh man. Um, well, I don't think pass blocking is a little easier. It comes easier to me. Um, and then just run blocking when you're, like I said, when you're, when you're just dominating someone and they're just going wherever you tell them to go, um, there, there's nothing better than that. So I, I'd have to say when, when you're, when you're at your best, run blocking. The, how much of that would you say at this level is technique and how much of that is just brute strength? Um, it's a good question. I, I'd say a lot of it's technique because if you look at like a lot of guys in high school, um, not all, all of the best linemen are, are these huge six, seven, 330 pound, uh, Alabama commits. Um, there's, there's guys that don't even go on to play in college that are just, just good, uh, high school linemen. Like if you look at our O-line last year, um, I'm the only one playing in college and, and those four were very, very good. Um, because they, they worked at it. They had great technique. They weren't the biggest, they weren't the strongest, they weren't the fastest. Um, but, but they, they had great technique. They worked hard at it. Um, and it's something that, that you can't, you can't avoid the weight room. Um, but you don't have to, to be this God's gift to, to be good at O line. 
Well, I imagine as, uh, and as you know, the level, as you level up, as they say, and especially as you go into next year where everybody is going to be as big and strong or stronger, you know, that technique becomes, you know, all that much more important. Right. Yeah. So um, let's, let's talk about your line mates, because that to me is one of the areas of this Montgomery football team in 2021 that I outside of you put the biggest question mark on and not because the guys there aren't talented. It's just that they haven't been next to you. I mean, you, you are the only returning starter on that offensive line. Andre Suleiman flips, uh, flips over from the defensive side and is going to play offensive line this year. And then you have a couple of guys who, you know, uh, who also have never started, but you know, a couple of seniors. So it's not like you're starting freshmen out there on the line. T- take us through who's going to be starting on the line, how things have come together this summer and how it's looking. Yeah, so um, it's it's getting a lot better every day. Um, Alaji uh, playing tackle for us um, got told just a couple of days before, excuse me, the season um, that he would be moved to uh, tackle from tight end. You're talking about Alaji Diara, just so Al-Aji everybody Diara, out there sorry. is uh, out there is aware that. who we're talking about. <laughs> um, and he and he's doing a great job with it. Um, Gabe Baycott. Um, at guard he's doing a phenomenal job he's a great leader um and then Gurjeet Singh is absolutely enormous he's 6'5 um like 275 and he has all the potential in the world to to be great for us this year um it's just going to come with time I think You, you need game experience as an offensive lineman um there's nothing that compares to, to varsity speed. My first like three plays sophomore year uh, against Heightstown, I made my blocks and I finished them by me tripping over myself because that's just, <laughs> it, it's just this adjusting to the speed is there's nothing like it. Um, so it, it's just going to take a little time to gel, but once we do, I think we have a group that can really uh, help us win football games. The, the offense last season, as probably most fans remember, it was, um, you know, a, a healthy dose of the running game, you know, most notably with Alex Benitez. And then it was Dylan McFadden taking the top off, um, you know, and I always joked it didn't really matter who you put back there. You'd have to start him 45 yards off the line of scrimmage <laughs> to be able to catch up with the kid because it seemed like he ran past everybody that was, you know, that lined up across from him. Um, but there wasn't really a much in the middle, you know, there, it seemed like we were kind of like a two dimensional machine, if if you will, things look a little bit different this year. Yeah. I think we're a lot more balanced. Um, Alex really worked on his arm and his accuracy is, I mean, the arm was never an issue. Um, just the accuracy, (laughs) um, and, and we got, we got some, some receivers back, um, Keith McManus, Mark Jenkins, Matt Devino, um, Nino Spera. And and these guys, they're ready to play. They're hungry. Um, and and Alex has been getting them the ball all summer. Um, and, I, and I'm just really excited to see how it all how it all works with with them. Um, Coach Card is a great play caller, um, understands football so, so well, um, being in a family that's been around the game for as many years as the Cardis have. Um, he just understands how to get these guys the ball in space. And now that Alex can actually do it, it's going to, it's going to help the offense so much. I'm glad you brought up 
uh, Sean Cardi, the, the offensive coordinator, because uh, to me, and now this is the thousand foot view away from this as I watch football. And, you know, I think this is probably a fair statement that in high school football, a lot of the time you can only call the kinds of plays that, you know, your team is capable of running. And a lot of the time you're limited, you know, in that, you know, based on who your talent is. Right. I mean, I think that just makes sense because this Mm -hmm. isn't the pros and this isn't, you're not recruiting in college and, you know, in public school, you just have what you have. But to me, every time I watch Cardi uh, through the years, even when he was coaching at Hillsborough, I got the sense that it was more than just, I'm going to call this play and I'm going to call that play. And then I'm going to call this play and I'm going to call that play because that's what our team can do. It always felt like there was more of a plan than that. It was more like, I'm going to run these concepts early in the game to set you up for something that's coming later. And that was always a thing that like, as I watch, you know, at the higher levels that the, in the NFL, you can see disjointed play calls sometimes. And then you watch like, Kyle Shanahan. It's like, oh, that's why he did that in the first quarter because they were getting ready to do that in the third quarter. Is that the kind of sense you have, or am I just way off base? No, you're you're hundred percent right. Coach Cardi is very, very smart and and creative with his play calling. He'll he'll put something in for week one to set something up for week six. Like that's the kind of coach he is. Um he he and and the fact that he he has fun with it, like he enjoys calling plays like something draws him to it. And it's that creativity that like, almost like it's like a chess game, right? That smartness aspect of it um, just, just makes him an an excellent play caller. Um, Just like I said, just, he, he says it all the time, like get your athletes in space. Um, And, and that's what he's, he's good at doing and putting uh, alley defenders in binds, making them choose. Do they want to cover the flat? All right, well, then we'll we'll, we'll throw a 10-yard out. You want to cover that out? All right, we'll dump it off in the flat. You want to leave us over the top? See ya. He's just great at, at, at finding those those weaknesses and defenses. And, and it, it all starts with – it's really all our coaches, but since we're talking about him, how much film they watch on other teams. They they are always watching film. They If, if there's somebody on their team that doesn't belong on the field – he will find it and we will exploit them. This just reinvigorates me to make sure that we have uh, Coach Cardi on on the muck and mire, you know, oh, obviously yeah, last year it. with him him filling in for Coach Millich. You know, we, we had the chance to talk to him every week, but it's a little, I feel like it's a little different, uh, you know, when you're interviewing somebody when they're the acting head coach versus uh, when he's the offensive coordinator and maybe like to your point, he can, he can have a little more fun and uh, and focus on the the minute details of uh, of the offensive play calling. So we'll have to make sure that we make that happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. On the opposite side of the well, actually, no. Before we even flip away from the offense, because you touched on it and you mentioned his name, but I want to talk about it because it's something that another one of my like Glockisms that you know through the years, <laughs> that I you know I notice and I and I think there's a trend there. If I, I always felt like if I found myself calling a guy's name a lot because he was around the ball, even if it wasn't on offense in one year, but he was playing a different position. And now, you know, maybe as an upperclassman, he gets thrust into a more prominent offensive role. I'm like, there's a reason why I've been calling this kid's name the last year and a half because he's always doing something. Mark Jenkins to me was a guy last year. I said, must've said his name a thousand times because every time I looked up, he was doing something good. 
So I, I, for me, I'm excited to, because he's playing in the slot, I would assume, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, he's a guy that is going to make some things happen just by virtue of like that proxy only. And this is coming from somebody who hasn't watched one minute of practice. What are you seeing from him? Um, well, I would say that ever since we were kids, Mark has just been an insane football player. Um, and I'm so excited for him that he's finally going to get a chance to play offense. Um, and he, yeah, like he's outstanding. Um, he's been making plays all off season, whether it was in iron peak seven on sevens in the winter and spring, um, summer, uh, summer seven on sevens, um, or just during practice or the quad scrimmages, uh, the game scrimmage uh, against 100 and Central. Um, Mark has just been making plays um, all, all offseason, and he's going to have a really big year. He's going to surprise a lot of people. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, um, probably biggest question mark, linebackers. Is, yeah. is that a fair assessment? Yeah, linebackers, uh, DBs, some moving parts too. Um, linebackers, uh, three sophomores, I'm sorry, three juniors, um, expected to get some time. Um, but they, you know, they look good. Um, Gavin Gadetti's our, our Mike linebacker right now. And I think he's had an awesome summer. He surprised me with, he's all over the field. Um, there's, unless, unless the Andre or Jalen gets a solo tackle, Gavin's in on it. Um, he's just, he's, he's everywhere. Um, and, and that's what we need him to be as, as a Mike linebacker in our defense. It's so important. Um, the defensive line's job, especially me as a nose guard, is just to eat up blockers uh, and keep them free. And as, when Gavin's free, Gavin's making plays. Um, and then the other guys, uh, Joe Rossman, Ethan McManus, um, they're, they're outside linebackers. They're, they're stepping up. Um, and, and that's just how high school football is. You know, you lose guys. Um, whether it's, it's Danny Boyer, J.J. Malik, Alex Hemans, Weber Carson. You know, we lost a lot of linebackers, but we had guys that were ready to play, and they've, they've been working hard with us all offseason, um, and, they're, and they're ready for it. And then, obviously, seniors, Jackson Bullock, Lee McManus, um, they're going to be ready to go. Liam was great for us last year. Um, he's going to be even better for us this year, probably our best tackler. Um, and and the, after – after a game or two, you know, they, they should really take off. Now I would never ask you to make predictions because I think that that's unfair and you know, it just, it's like bulletin board material for the other teams. We just don't need that. So I'll ask you this question for this Montgomery football team to be successful. This has to happen. What's the, the fill in this for me. Um, man, a lot, but. This it would be, we got to block. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm an old lineman saying it. I was just say you're not biased at um, all with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we got we got to block um, because it, we we have the skills. We we could be an all world seven on seventeen. We we lit teams up this summer, this this off season. Um, if the, if if our old line can block and create some space in the run game, um, we're gonna be a very successful football team. And that's how, that's how most teams are. Um, starts up front. Um, and, and D line too. If, if we're, if we're taking on double teams, beating double teams and our linebackers are free, nobody's going to score on us. 
Well, Brandon, I wish you all the best in the, in the, all the luck in the world and all the, I, I, although I'm sure most of what you do specifically isn't luck. It's more about taking that man and moving him against his will where you don't want it, where he doesn't want to go. So um, this has uh, been a lot of fun. Uh, the first of uh, what will be many of our broadcasts throughout the fall and the uh, winter season of football and basketball in the Muck and Meyer podcast and on the Meyer uh, all together. Um, Brandon, uh, you're still going to be uh, involved heavily, uh, you know, in the My doing Meyer-esque items within TV production class uh, this year, which we really appreciate. Uh, you, I assume we'll still be having uh, Bring the Fury from you uh, every week. Is that correct? Yeah, should, should be. 100%. And uh, we got a couple of other good things cooked up. Uh, and on the back burner, we'll start to reveal those things in the next couple of weeks uh, as we get into football season. Uh, we're getting ready for Watch Young Hills on Thursday night. Uh, the kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. I regret to inform everyone this is the first time I'm letting this out into the public eye. Uh, I am actually not going to be there, uh, so we'll be miring without me, though I will oh. uh, try to get a hold of Coach Millich uh, beforehand. I have to go to... Uh, to Florida on Thursday of all things, because I have to officiate the uh, Pan American uh, International Lacrosse Tournament down in Florida. So that'll be fun. Well, yeah, be I mean, hot. Bring yeah, water, and no doubt, <laughs> I want to ref the Olympics. This is the first time. So the, the lacrosse is coming back to the Olympics in 2028, and this is the first uh, international event where they're using what the Olympic rules are going to be. So I, I feel pretty fortunate to. To be have been asked to go do that so here's me so that's a big that's a big accolade yeah first you. step of kiss kissing butt for the next six years so i can get <laughs> myself out to la in in 2028 so nice. that'll be fun um but uh, we will have tim bartholomew matt pogue and potentially some other folks on hand on thursday night to bring meyer football to you with a couple of new fun toys that we bought over the off season that we're excited to show you uh and all that's going to lead into what i think is going to be a fun football season so brandon Thank you very much. Congratulations again on Marist and uh, best of luck in the football season. Thank you. Appreciate it. This has been episode one of the 2021 Muck and Meyer podcast. Thanks for watching. <laughs>